Hey, in the immortal words of Judy Brown, happiness is a choice. And we are happy to be spending some time with you right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. I am Chip Brown, longtime Longhorns insider at horns247.com, joined by the one and only Zay Collier. Chip, what's good? What's happening? What's happening? Ten and five, baby. Where's your energy right level today? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good, pretty optimistic. On a, on a scale of one to ten, uh, I might look like a five, but I'm about an eight right now. I'm just being professional for our Texas sports unfiltered fans. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I'm about an eight right now, and it might be a nine tomorrow. It might be a nine, you know, Friday, but Saturday, I'm definitely gonna be a ten. It's definitely gonna be a ten. You know, that 10 and 5, you always call me. This is when it goes up to 20 and 10. My level always goes up due to the biggest games. I always played the best in the biggest games against the rival teams. That's when I always showed up. Pops didn't like that very much. He wish I would have showed up for every game. But sorry, Pops. I was just Obviously, I wasn't that type of guy. And we got a big game this week, man. But how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm, 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 I need your – I need your – 10 energy this week because I am, man, I, I don't know if I can make it to Saturday. I'm like, I'm, I'm playing, I'm playing the game too early. I gotta, yeah. I gotta pace myself. I'm up there. Oh, I get it. I get it, man. And I know you heard, or I don't know if you heard, but Trey and BK talking about that disgusting Delta story, which you're about to go on a plane tomorrow. So hopefully none of that crap, no pun intended, none of that crap happens to you, man. I'm hoping that, uh, I mean, yeah, I cannot, uh, I could not believe that story. I'm, 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 <laughs> I am flying Delta tomorrow too, by the way. So, oh man, uh, just say a small prayer about one o'clock. Um, well, right about the time that uh, you're rocking and rolling right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Um, so, we are we are going to talk to our man Lance Taylor of Next Round Live, our SEC insider and prognosticator. Um, who normally joins us on Thursday, but um, we're going to get him today, <clears throat> I think, um, because I'm going to be traveling to Alabama uh, tomorrow. So this is uh, we're going to we're going to move him up a little bit. And John Brown, Kane uh, Protein, two time Mr universe father of Amon Ra St. Brown and Equinemia St. Brown is traveling to Kansas city today to get ready for tomorrow night's chiefs lions games. Eh? Yeah, man. NFL is here too. And you know, Travis Kelsey, he might be out tomorrow. So that game, you're saying there's a, a chance more. I'm definitely saying there's a chance fighting Dan Campbell's baby. That dude, Right here in the state of Texas, going all the way to Detroit. And a lot of people got the uh, Detroit Lions doing some special things this year. I don't know, man. You've been a Lions guy with your pops and stuff. Like, you know, there's been a lot of bad luck and a lot of bad years. Can Dan Campbell be the one that finally gets him over the hump? We'll see. Listen, I start every football season by talking about the Bobby Lane curse. 
I'm fascinated by Bobby Lane, of course, Longhorn legend. Dude was was uh, Johnny Manziel before Johnny Manziel. He created the mold for Johnny Manziel. He's more Mickey Mantle than than Roger Staubach. Let's let's put it that way. But Bobby Lane won the the world championship in 1957 with the Lions. This is before the Super Bowl, uh, before the merger. And then he got injured and he got traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he said, this organization is cursed. And he put a 50-year curse on the Lions and we're like in year 64 of that curse. Wow. So anything to break the Bobby Lane curse, um, I'm not overly optimistic, but let's see what they can do against the Kansas City Chiefs tomorrow night. That would be uh, that would be an unbelievable uh, win, way to start the season. NFL's a week-to-week league, though. Nothing you, – you can't – you can kind of draw conclusions in college football. Um, maybe not so much week one. The NFL, you'll have some teams win this weekend who – are going to finish with like four or five wins for the year, but they'll they'll have put it together for this one game. And I just hope that the lions are real and not the, uh, and not the punchline. I'm, you know, I'm, I don't need them to be the punchline anymore. Zay. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. And they kind of have a win now mentality, even though it's the lions. I mean, when you go and get Jameer Gibbs, in, you know, what, number 12 this year, a running back from Alabama, which I'm glad he's off to Alabama and the Horns aren't facing them this week. But, yeah, again, a guy like that, you know, I feel like they're in a win-now mentality. And Jared Goff, that dude, he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league, the former number one pick. I think he, you know, got a fire lit under him by being traded to Detroit from the Rams and then those LA Rams going off and winning the Super Bowl with Matt Stafford. So as a competitor, things like that have to piss you off. You know what I'm saying? Like that has nothing to do with me. That don't even, that pisses me off. Like has nothing to do with me, but I I feel for Jared Goff just as a competitor and an athlete, like that must hurt. So he had a really good, underrated season last year and if he could do a little bit more with guys like Amara St. Brown and having Jameer Gibbs there really stepping up being that dude and I know they got Montgomery too and their defense they got a couple of guys you know free agency and trade like Gardner Johnson from Philly then hey I wouldn't be surprised if they won the NFC North this year because we know Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers is no longer in Green Bay. It's now the Jordan Love show. And then can you trust the Chicago Bears, which, you know, they've had their troubles in the last few years, even though Justin Fields might be that dude. But, yeah, I, again, I would not be surprised if the Lions won the NFC North this season. Speaking of Jameer Gibbs, in his – game for Alabama last year against Texas. Do you remember what he did in that game? Uh, he had the touchdown catch, right? Like, that's he, really it. Yeah. On the ground, on the ground, he did more through the air than on the ground. On the ground, he had nine carries for 22 yards. 
Man, you'll take that all day. But through the air, he had nine catches for 74 yards and a touchdown. And that's where uh, that's where he got him. But, man, I've been looking at this, this Texas-Alabama game from, from every angle. And Jace McClellan got him last year. He had that 81-yard. He had that 81-yard touchdown run. Yeah, talk about Blazers. Don't let him get loose. Six carries for 97 yards for Jace McClellan last year. <laughs> and what, what I was really looking at was what did Texas do on the ground against Alabama? And it was, it was tough. It was 33 carries for 79 yards. That's 2.4 yards per carry. And Bijan had 21 carries for 57 yards, 2.7 yards per carry. And listen, on Saturday night in Tuscaloosa, Texas just has to, they just have to make Alabama respect the running game. It doesn't have to be, 200 yard rushing performance because that's not going to happen um it could be another 33 carries for 79 yards Zay, but they've got to be able to sell play action so and it, and if they're running into a wall they got to stay with it they can't give up they can't they can't pull a tcu and run it 22 times i mean they got to run it 30 plus times in this game even if it's tough because, man, I don't know if they can just – I don't know if they can throw it well enough to keep the chains moving. You know, it's – I don't know. I'm, I am I want to see that breakthrough, no doubt about it, game from Quinn Ewers. I want to see him finish it. I want to see him – you know, he got off to that 9 of 12 passing, 134 yards in the first quarter against Bama, and then it gets knocked out. And everyone's walking away going, man, when you were stayed healthy, Texas would have won that game. Same stuff they were saying about the 09 national championship game. If Colt would have stayed healthy, Texas would have won that game. Well, let's see Quinn Ewers put it together this week. Cause this is the window. This is the moment I mean, this is an Alabama team that doesn't, they don't, they don't blow you away. They don't, they don't have the guys they had last year. I'm just saying, this is the opportunity, Zay. You got to take it. And you're going to have to take it. Listen to these. You got to take this. You ready for this? Alabama has won 57 straight non conference games in the regular season Damn. so they've beaten 57 straight non-conference opponents in the regular season 
Yeah, I mean, let's keep it real. A lot of those teams were the South Carolina Tech, Western teams of the world that all the SEC teams play, those like gimme games. But that's still very impressive. It's still Alabama. And I saw that they only lost five home games in the last 15 years, and that's in the SEC included, which is absolutely bonkers. Like they don't lose in that stadium. And you're right, Chip, Quinn Ewers, this could be that breakout game that – gets the ball really rolling what we've heard and what we've seen in high school and all the hype that he's gotten him being maybe a future first round pick in 2024 like is this the week that we see him put it all together because last year going nine for 12 oh boy was cooking and by the way thanks for everybody hitting us up on the comment section on youtube we also have the new tsu text line 512-222-9328 i'll be checking that out throughout the show but yeah chip i mean last year with all of those dynamic players that Alabama had Will Anderson, Bryce Young, obviously one and three in the draft this year. Then Jameer Gibbs goes first round two. Like it was still a 2019 game. If it wasn't for a Ryan Watts missed tackle on Bryce Young or a ref no call on the Bryce Young safety, who knows what the turnout would have been. Like, and then you had the quarterback going out, Quinn Ewers. Then you also had a gimpy Hudson card which lost their first game this past week against Fresno State. Bad start to his Purdue debut. But, like, Sark didn't have much to work with, which goes back to what you said about running the football and it not working. It was easy for that defense to say, hey, now we could just key in on five. They lost their quarterback. Their other quarterback is hurt and a little shaken up. We're just going to focus on stopping the run and say, yo, y'all beat us through the air. And we saw all last year throughout the whole season with Texas football, other than Xavier Wordy, who had a broken freaking hand, who else did they have to throw the ball to? I mean, Jordan Winnington, we know he's there. We know what he's capable of, but they weren't throwing it to him enough. JT Sanders, like he could have had a better season, even though he broke some records in a way. So what you saw with Rice, yes, there were good things, but – there were other things that get you a little bit scared. And you talk about running the football. Like, do you feel confident with what you saw with this O-line, even though Rice threw the kitchen sink at him and all this other bullcorn? Do you feel confident saying, yo, Sark, we just got to run the football and see what happens even in the fourth quarter, even if you're down a bit? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, – I, I think we'll see – uh, I think we'll see some changes on the offensive line. I think you'll see Cole Hudson starting at right guard. Um, but look, they're going to have to rotate guys through there. The The bottom line is they have to take it way up. I think they will. But does that mean they're going to be able to run the football? Probably not. I mean, they'll probably be at 100 yards or less. But they got to make sure that Alabama's in that same category. And that's where Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy, Jalen Ford, um, you know, I just, I think the Texas defense is going to keep Texas in this game into the fourth quarter. Um, and watch out for my man, Burt, Burn Orange Auburn. Remember in this game last year, he had, uh, and he had field goals of, uh, he had four field goals. And, the fifth, he attempted five. It was a 20-yarder right at the end of the first half that was blocked. 
And Jeff Banks said that was on the snap and hold. And, and that's when they made the change. They moved Zach Edwards out of the snapper position, uh, moved Lance St. Louis in as the snapper this year. They got Ryan Sanborn holding. He's done that at Stanford. Um, and, Bert Auburn off to got off to a good start last week. He missed that 56 yarder after those two horrible penalties that Texas had after having first down at the rice 19, but watch out for Bert Auburn in this game because Alabama doesn't give up a lot of touchdowns, but you're going to have to hit your field goals. Cause this thing could be a, this could be a fight in a phone booth that gets settled on a field goal like last year. Could be very similar to last year. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Bert Auburn, uh, Bert Auburn, you know, sober carrot top. That dude, he ain't scared. He ain't scared, even though the horns are getting hosed on the seating arrangement, which I get last year they hosed, you know, Alabama fans coming into DKR. So, you know, Alabama had to return the favor and you're going to see a little smidge of burnt orange in the nosebleed somewhere, you know, dapping up Jesus and stuff. So, you know, the Longhorn Nation will still be in the house. But, yeah, it just kind of goes to who's going to be in the moment, who's going to relish in this moment, and who's going to fold. Like, there's a lot of guys that could easily come into this game and it could be over their head. I mean, all the freshmen that you have, even though they played in big-time games throughout their high school career, winning state championships and things like that, like Jonte Cook and Malik Muhammad, but still, this is a different level. And it's one thing to play at home against a Rice team and another thing to play against a Nick Saban coach Alabama team at that stadium. And, and prime time, six o'clock is <laughs> prime time. Everybody's going to be watching this thing. This is the game of the week. That's why Herb Shriek, Desmond Howard, Corso, that's why they're all there. It's, uh, you know, this is what you play for. But, and that's the thing. This is what you play for. This is why you come to Texas. And, you know, when you have a couple of guys a little gimpy for that Alabama secondary, Jalen Key, McAlai Moore, both of those guys, they've been in and out the training room this week and they got a little banged up against Middle Tennessee. What's their, you know, percentage going to be like on snaps and, you know, if they're going to be able be able to play in general and is Steve Sarkeesia going to look at that as, okay, their secondary is a little hurt. I'm going to test that to where you get out of, doing things that you need to do, like run the football. You know, I, I get it. I would attack it too. I would definitely test it early and say, you know, how healthy are these guys? But be careful. It's still Alabama. Like they're second strings and freshmen. Those guys are still five stars too. But is Sark going to look at guys like Jalen Key and McElroy Moore and say, okay, McElroy Moore, even though you're a big-time safety, if you're hurt, are you going to be able to match up with JT Sanders like Saban and this coaching staff think you could do? We'll see. And I would love to see Sark try to exploit that. Yeah. Yeah. Joe K uh, messages in who was the last non-conference team to beat Alabama, Louisiana Monroe in 07. Damn. 07. Saban's first year at, Tough uh, at Alabama. Listen to Tough this. Season. Listen to this. Most wins versus uh, AP top 25 teams. 
Nick Saban, a hundred. Joe Paterno, second with 86. Bobby Bowden, third with 82. Paul Bear Bryant, fourth with 66. Saban pulling away. 100 wins. And get this, the 45-20 win over K-State in the Sugar Bowl uh, to end last season was Saban's 23rd career win by 25-plus against a ranked opponent. He's the all-time leader for most wins by 25 points plus um, in the AP poll era since 1936. His 25 leads Bobby Bowden's previous record of 20. So this dude, his team's, get up for these games and they they uh handle business especially at home. I mean this is going to be this is going to take uh an unbelievable effort from Texas in that atmosphere. And I think this Texas defense is going to have to have to create a couple opportunities um for this Texas offense and they can. They absolutely can. Yeah, you know, this Texas defense, they were locked in on Saturday, and it all started with Travondre Sweat, who gave himself a C, a C rating in his presser when they asked him, what do you think of your performance? He said a C? Dog, man. I finessed my way with Cs throughout high school and college and grade school. Trust me, what I saw on Saturday, I saw a couple of Cs throughout some other guys. Javondre Sweat, that wasn't the C performance. With the limited snaps that he got, yo, that's some A-level, you know, Einstein-type stuff. Like, he put on an absolute show. And, that, hey, you love that, Chip, because that's the standard. He could have easily said, oh, I went crazy, man. I was all over the field. I was making plays. You're going to see that from me all year long. I'm trying to be the best D tackle in the world. But nah, he said, I'm going to take the humble approach. Like, that was a C. Me and Bo Davis, we went back, we watched the film, and there were a couple of things I could have done better. There were a couple of things that maybe I could have done to help the rest of my guys be in position. And when you have leaders like that and the expectation like that, that's huge. Like, it's one thing to have the coach talk and give the emotional Deion Sanders, you know, motivational speeches and stuff to try to get guys going. But when you have your peers and teammates, when they set by example, not only their play, but talking the talk and walking the walk, T Swizzle, yo, man, I love it. I love him branding himself like that. And, you know, they're going to have to make plays somewhere, whether it's strip sack fumbles, you know, a pick. We didn't hear much of Jalen Callan on against Rice, which in a way that's a good thing because the dude's healthy still. So, like, that's all. With him, I'm going to be looking at, you know, the injury report after every game because you just have to with his history. But – yeah, they got a lot of guys over there that are hungry. And they know last year in 2022, there's just too many missed opportunities. Like you get in the backfield, you're one of the best teams at getting in the backfield and getting pressure on the quarterback, but it didn't hold up with the stats with sacks. 
You know, Jalen Ford, he did his thing with interceptions, but as a team, you should have done more, you could have done more. That was a point of emphasis for Pete Bukowski, and you saw a little bit on Saturday with the Austin Jordan pick and the Jalen Ford pick and the Jeff Bush uh, Jeff Bush uh, fumble recovery. So if we see that on Saturday, I like the Horns' chances. Yeah, yeah. All right, so a lot's been made about first-year quarterback Jalen Milrow. And Saban has had eight first-year starting quarterbacks, okay? Um, Bryce Young in 2021, Mac Jones in 2020, Tua Tungavailoa in 2018, Jalen Hurts in 2016, Jake Coker in 2015, Blake Sims in 2014, A.J. McCarron in 2011, and Greg McElroy in 2009. All but McCarron won an SEC championship in their first season, while the upperclassmen, retrod sophomore or above, won four national titles. Mac Jones, Coker, Jake Coker, A.J. McCarron, and Greg McElroy. So Jalen Milrow being a first uh, first time starter at quarterback for Nick Saban. No big deal in the minds of Alabama fans. They've seen it, done it, won it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> he scares me. On this day, the last time Alabama lost at home at night was in 2015 when Chad Kelly and Ole Miss came in to, uh, to Bryant-Denny. And Chad Kelly was 18 of 33, 341 yards, three touchdowns. Now his receiving core, he had Laquan Treadwell, um, who did have a touchdown catch in that game. Um, Cody Core ended up being the big a big playmaker for Ole Miss in that one. He had four catches for 123 yards, including a 73-yarder and a touchdown. Um, they had tight end Evan Ingram. I mean, that was a talented uh, group of pass catchers that Chad Kelly had, and they won that game 43-37. to 37. Any way you see this game turning into a shootout like that, no, I think both defenses are too good, and I think both offenses are still figuring things out, even though they're capable of putting up numbers. I just think the defenses here, I think those guys are going to be the ones that change the game, and we're going to see just enough plays for whichever offense to get it done. And, you know, Jalen Miro scares the crap out of me because you see flashes of one of Saban's quarterbacks in the past of Jalen Hurts like you go look at Jalen Milrose weight room videos the dudes <laughs> the dude's going crazy like a dude squatting a ton and Jalen Hurts is the same thing like he was a big time all-state one thing all-state like weightlifter back in Texas uh you know during his high school days yeah which is which is crazy you know yeah. when you think about a quarterback but Jalen Hurts was the truth, man. Yeah, man. So 
if that starts coming out, which, you know, Middle Tennessee's Middle Tennessee, but if you've done things that no other Alabama quarterback has, then, you know, Jalen Milrow and your first, you know, start of the season, then you got a lot of upside. And Sark, we know how Sark, he's very, when it comes to recruiting quarterbacks, he's not just going to recruit anybody. And, you know, he talked about getting Jalen Milrow, and then a couple of months later he was here in Austin. So he never got to, you know, reap the rewards. And hopefully it doesn't hurt him this weekend. But, yeah, I, I think that this offense, you know, well, real quick on that on that Jalen Milrow recruiting story, he, you know, he helped recruit Jalen Milrow away from Texas. Obviously, Quinn Ewers had committed earlier in that year, then ultimately decommitted. Um, but he recruited Jalen Milrow to Alabama, and then you know he signs in December, and then literally two. Two weeks later, Sark is the head coach at Texas and is like, damn, two weeks? I thought it was two months. Two weeks? Two weeks, man. Man, yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's just the game, though. That's just the game. But yeah, Jace McCullen, like the RPO with those guys, that's going to be tough. But I think this front. Man, and the way that Bo Davis and Pete Kukowski, the way they rotate and the fact that we didn't see some of the top dogs get over 30 snaps against Rice, the Byron Murphys, you know, Alfred Collins. I know people are talking about Alfred Collins, you know, lack of tackles, but he still had that big time pat down. And, you know, you remember that interception in the Alamo Bowl, like Alfred Collins, he has it in him to make plays. It's just a matter of putting it all together. So, yeah, I think this defense is going to have to lead the way. And if the offense could wrangle up about over 25 points, you could win this game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated. I can't wait. I can't wait for that, uh, for that atmosphere. I was, I was just looking at the, uh, um, going through these Alabama notes and, you know, it's, um, it's, I mean, so Jalen Milrow made his first career start, right? Um, against AM last year, he finished 12 of 19 for 111 yards and three touchdowns. Um, and those three touchdown passes matched Mac Jones and Joe Namath. Um, for the second most touchdown passes in a starting debut by an Alabama quarterback. Only Bryce Young against the Miami Hurricanes had more. He had four um, in 2021. And you're just like, oh, yeah, man. Anytime you're in the same company with Joe Namath, uh, that'll work. But – um, yeah, except being drunk on the sideline. You never want to be mentioned yeah. Joe Namath in that category. You don't want to be drunk on the sideline trying to pick up on Susie Culber. Oh, Joe, come on, man. I want to kiss you. (laughs) What? Yo, where you at, Joe? Yo, just because you look like a pimp with the fur coats don't mean you a pimp, Joe. Relax, man. Come on, Joe. He's changed, though. He's changed. I thought he went to rehab and stuff, and he, he got it taken care of. And now you ain't got to worry about Joe, you know, speaking or anything. 
Now he's doing all yeah. those commercials for those, uh, you know, for the old timers, making sure they're getting their medical benefits, you know? Out of the way, Joe. Keep making that money, baby. Come on, Joe. Keep making that money. Come on, Joe. One of the um, most overrated quarterbacks to ever make the Hall of Fame. Well, okay, so that takes us back to, um, yeah, you're right. He got in on the, uh, he got in on Super Bowl three, but in, in, <laughs> so Alabama and Texas, 1963 season, or hold on. Were you in the stands? I know so, you ain't that old. You weren't I'm in the stands, were you? I'm not that old. <laughs> I'm old, but I'm not that uh, old. Yeah, I know you've seen some football in your day. Just making sure you weren't in the stands for that one. Okay, 64 season, 64 season. They play Alabama. Tommy Nobis is the stud middle linebacker for Texas. Joe Namath is the quarterback. They're playing in the Orange Bowl. And Alabama is on the goal line at the end of the game. And it's controversial. There was no replay. Namath swears he got into the end zone. Nobis stopped him. They called him short. And the legend has it that uh, he, Tommy Nobis was asked, um, or the ref was asked how, how short Namath was from getting into the end zone. And the ref said this much. Twenty-one seventeen, Texas beat Alabama in the wow. uh, Orange Bowl to end the '64 season. Sounds a little sketchy to me. Tommy Novus head-to-head wow. with Joe Namath. Not bad. <laughs> he was this short. Yeah, that short. Wow, that short. That's, that's pretty okay. Good. So Lance Taylor. Um, is going to join us at 2.15. Let's go. So I hope he's more settled. I hope he's not driving or anything. I hope he's more settled. Last time he was driving places, looking clean and stuff. and That was an incredible interview. I've never seen anything like it. You can hear the turning signals and stuff. He honking that, folks. Like, you know, breaking down college football as good as it gets, man. That dude's a jack of all trades. Yeah, you never know. You never know where Lance is going to be doing or how he's going to be doing it. But uh, he'll join us at 2.15, give us his uh, his picks and his take on Texas, Alabama. He, remember last week, he loved Central Florida. He gave you that pick, and they rolled. Um, now we got to see what he's thinking about. I know he liked UTSA. I want to get his guess, take on UTSA losing to Houston. Yeah. Last week, Zay. Yeah, yeah. UTSA, they got another big one this week. Texas State. Texas State. Riding that high. Texas State riding that high. GJ. Kenny. GJ. You know what that stood dude. out? You know what stood out to me most about Texas State? was their defensive line hmm. and how good they were. They just, they wouldn't let Baylor move a muscle. Like, 
you know, we talk about that wide zone scheme of Jeff Grimes at Baylor and they got Richard Reese. They brought in that kid, Dominic Richardson from Oklahoma state. They couldn't, they couldn't move a muscle against that Texas state defensive line. It's like, hello. Hello. Yeah. Hello, Texas state. Yeah. Everybody's given. You know, everybody's giving Deion Sanders credit about that win against TCU, which they should. But when you talk about turnover, like Colorado was number one on guys moving in and out and getting guys in from transfer portal. Number two, the Bobcats, Texas State. Yeah. So the whole team is new. And I guess those guys, they got down to San Marcos and, you know, they started looking at the square and, you know, honeys and bikinis going to class and stuff and jumping in that swell pool whatever it's called and said yo this might be the place for me this place one of the biggest growing communities in the nation this place ain't all that bad and you come and play some big time football tj finley that dude he looked like geno smith man you know we had hummer on yesterday and he talked about he couldn't believe dave aranda's defense looked that bad i couldn't believe it either like, they were missing tackles. Guys were getting mossed. I mean, and again, you know, G.J. Kenny coming from Incarnate Word, those dudes used to put up numbers there, like crazy yards, crazy numbers. So that dude, he knows some offense, and he knows how to score. And, you know, if that defensive line, if they give up some points, well, I think they're going to be able to get them back on the other side because that offense that G.J.'s got going on, they can really go. G.J. brought in 39 transfers to Texas State. He brought them in from Baylor, Oklahoma State, Colorado, Duke, Houston, SMU, Iowa State. I mean, two from West Virginia, one from, well, T.J. Finley from Auburn, um, Bray Walker and Marcus Alexander from OU, Bo Corrales from SMU. I mean, GJ had it going on and he brought like half his team from Incarnate Word. Yeah. And you can't tell me, I don't know the history. I'm not going to say GJ Kenny has bad guys on this team or bad character, but a lot of those guys ain't just leaving because of playing time. Some of those guys got records. Some of those guys might've been former felons and did community service to get it knocked off their record and are just looking for a second chance. And you, sometimes you just got to capitalize on them and gamble that, hey, please, please, when you get on campus, I am trusting you. This is your last chance. This is it. Because what you were doing at your former school, which was big time power five D1, you mucked up there. So now that you're here, we might not be that big time, but hey, we could surprise a lot of teams. And at the end of the day, if you want to get to that next level, meaning the National Football League, if you're good enough, they will find you. It don't matter if you're coming from Howard Payne, Ohio State, Texas State. It don't matter. They will find you, and they will try to fit you in somewhere on their team if you're good enough. So those guys getting the second chance. I know a lot of scouts were like, man, we thought Baylor had some guys that could play on the next level. Maybe let's check out this Texas State team because we've seen UTSA and Jeff Trailer. They got multiple guys in the league now. So it don't matter where you come from. And, yeah, bringing all those 37 guys in, again, 
Some of them got records, Chip. Some hey, of them, you just know they do. It is what it is. Like Sam Latham, the guy that came in from Incarnate Word, who who basically broke Blake Shapin in half, two and a half sacks, six seven two sixty. He went to McNeil. Okay, Austin and, Knight, and was like not even like rated as a recruit, and that dude is wrecking shop. So. Kudos, G.J. Kinney. It's one thing to go heavy in the transfer portal. It's another thing to nail it. And he's nailed it. Yeah, because you just never know who's going to fit your philosophy, who's going to fit your scheme. You know, you just never know. You're taking a gamble every time you go to the transfer portal, which has probably the thought process with guys like Dabo Sweeney who haven't hit the transfer portal hard and haven't respected it because, you know, heard Hummer yesterday, it's all about culture there up in Clemson. He wants to get his guys. He wants to reward the guys that have been, you know, backing up the starters the year prior. And, hey, in this day of college football, you got to take any advantage you can. Sometimes that might be the transfer portal. Sometimes that might be the next guy up that's already on campus. Sometimes that might be the recruiting trail. It don't matter, but you got to try to benefit any way possible to get your team better with UIL also thrown in the mix. Like it's a different era and you could get, you, you know, you could get lost real quick. And Dabo Sweeney, he might be going through that at Clemson right now. All right, so I want to get your take on uh, Texas A&M at Miami. So every time I say that I'm buying Texas A&M, I think I see your eyes roll a little bit. (laughs) So where are you on Texas A&M, my friend? Uh, I thought they looked good on Saturday. You know, Connor Wegman, I thought he looked good. And they have the weapons, man. You know, they looked a lot better in Bobby Petrino's offense. And, you know, they looked like they're going to score a lot more points in a hurry than they did last season. But, yeah, I still need it, you know, to be proven a little bit more. I mean, Miami, you know, that, right. But once they get into the SEC, that's where you're really going to see it. And, you know, guys like Evan Stewart, who went crazy, like that dude's an absolute baller. They have guys like that all over the field. So, you know, this defense, let's see what they could do as the year goes on. But the talent's there, you know, just do I believe in Jimbo at this point? Like that, you know, I was it was mostly just the offensive struggles last season. Their offense looked a little ancient, looked a little old school, you know, we're in the era where, you know, there's a lot of motion and a lot of things are happening. Jimbo, you know, has just the old school mentality. So bringing Petrino in, that was big, but you never knew how much Jimbo would allow Petrino to do. And it looks like he's allowing him to do a lot. So if that continues, then sky's the limit for the Aggies, even though it hurts me saying that. Well, and the crazy thing is A&M against Alabama, especially in College Station. Like, I don't know how they won that game in 21, 41 to 33 um, with Calzoni at quarterback or whatever his name was. But here's the funny thing is, you know, the Natives – in college station got restless. They're like, Jimbo, you got to bring in someone. 
So he brings in Bobby Petrino. Bobby Petrino knows offense. He's a dirt bag as a human being, but he knows offense. <laughs> and and he gets Connor Wegman, and Wegman looks like he's the truth. Um, I just keep going back to the LSU game from last year where he was he was on point. I mean, he he didn't flinch and in the win over LSU. And, you know, he looked great against New Mexico. Who knows? New Mexico's awful. Trash. But, you know, he throws for five touchdowns. And now, now we get to see what, what Connor Wegman's all about, going on the road, playing Miami. And I think A&M wins this game. I think A&M wins this game. This is a turning point game for the Aggies. And I think, uh, I think A&M wins this game because – I I'm with you. I think Connor Wegman is, is going to get better. And their, their receiving core is ridiculous. Evan Stewart, who had two touchdowns last week, Anaya Smith didn't even really go off. It was Noah Thomas. He had three touchdown catches. Moose Muhammad had a touchdown catch. I mean, if they can just avoid internal combustion, and the Aggies have so much talent on defense. I don't even know if DJ Durkin can get the most out of it. They miss Mike Elko, who's now a Duke, and turning them into a monster, um, especially defensively. Good God, Duke's defense was all over Clemson and Cade Klubnik. Clemson looked slow, didn't they? I mean, I don't know if they look slow or them Duke brothers look fast. Yeah. I think, I think it might have been that. It might have been that, like those Duke dudes, which that completely surprised me. I didn't think they'd be able to match up athlete for athlete, but they did that and then some. And yeah, I can see you thinking that Clemson looks slow, but yeah, I would praise Duke a little more. I think they got some pretty special talent over there that maybe they've never had. I mean, Will Shipley. That's like, it. That's all they got. Yeah. That's all we saw. They got a bunch of white dudes at the skill positions. Like, <laughs> my man, Sean well, Adams. That's why you said, oh, my God. My man, Sean Adams would be like, cracker check over here. Cracker check. Oh, yeah. I'm open. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, that, that might be it. That, that might be it, man. Like, you know, those white boys. I get it. Some of them can move, but, man. That's <laughs> the brothers that do look like Christian McCaffrey. No, nah, not everybody looks like Christian McCaffrey. You're right. You're right. And they, they probably came in with the mentality of like, oh, these smart brothers ain't going to do nothing to us. It's a basketball school. This is Duke. We got this in the bag. And nope. K Club Nick and those boys. Yeah, they looked a little, little a step slow on Monday night. Nebraska at Colorado. Deion Sanders, Shadur Sanders, Nebraska. I like, I like the Buffaloes. I know, I know it's a total letdown game. It's got just, it's got letdown, trip and fall written all over it. A lot of people taking Nebraska, but I'm going with the Buffaloes. Okay. 
Yeah, it's hard not to take that train right now. It's hard not to jump on the Deion Sanders primetime bandwagon, you know, just the energy that he has up there in Boulder and what they did on Saturday against TCU, a team that was in the national championship last year. Like everyone thought that Deion and this crew would really struggle. And they showed that they got guys in Travis Hunter and Shadir Sanders and Edwards and, you know, that whole wide receiver crew. Three guys went over 100. So, you know, TCU, they didn't look too good. But again, you've got to give love to Colorado and Matt Rule. He's trying to change a program himself. He's trying to bring that mojo in that he had at Temple and Baylor. And obviously he's not an NFL coach, but now he's back in college at a place that could be a blue blood and was a blue blood once upon a time. So that game they had against Minnesota, that was one of the uglier games that you're ever going to see. And Jeff Sims, he really struggled. You know, they're going to run him. Matt Rule's more pro style. And we'll see what this defense does, you know. But as far as stopping Colorado, it looks like they won't be stopped. And my biggest thing is, Travis Hunter, how can you do this for a whole season? Yes, it's cute that you went, you did it one game and played over 100-something snaps. Like, incredible snaps. Stupid. Absolutely bananas. Absolutely nuts. Uh, like, But how can you do that for a full season? I get it. You don't practice. Like, Chip, he wears the quarterback different color jersey in practice as a wide receiver in corner. Like, that's rare when guys get that. You know, I've never heard of that before if you're not a quarterback to wear quarterback treatment. Their jersey's completely different. That's why Quinn, Arch, and Malik, they all wear the black jerseys opposed to everybody's orange and white. Don't touch them in practice. Like, this guy has that jersey. Don't touch him on both sides. And, hey, if they could pull it off, then that dude – It's the Heisman to lose for him. I get Caleb Williams is that guy, Jordan Travis. You know, there's a lot of guys that are very elite in college football. But if he could do this all season long and change what everybody thought the Colorado season is going to be with more dubs and get to a bowl game and stuff, like I still still don't expect them to be a New Year's Year bowl type of team. I just – I don't expect that, even though everybody's like – throwing you know on, on that bandwagon like oh this is a new year six star new year bowl team or this team to get to the college football playoff like let's wait till they really get to the nitty-gritty and play the Oregons and the scs of the world but hey Dion, hey. hey tell him that when Dion, i mean he dion has got so his son shadur unbelievable you know 510 yards passing four touchdowns his son shiloh was the leading tackler It's you know, safety. He had nine solo tackles, 10 tackles total. So he's got, he's got representatives in each, you know, side of the locker room who are getting the message across. Now that defense got lit up by TCU. I mean, lit up. So, what over 560 yards given up if Chandler Morris doesn't throw the two interceptions in the red zone for TCU TCU wins that game 
but Colorado's got to get their their defense together. That's what I'm watching this week to see. A, can Shadur Sanders come anywhere close to looking like he did in week one? I get the feeling Dylan Edwards, shallow Hal, will look <laughs> will look good. Um, and then Travis Hunter, I mean, 11 catches, 119 yards. That was insane. But can the Colorado defense, um, you know, geez, oh, flip. They're going to have to get better because they were getting lit up, if not for uh, the turnovers by uh, Chandler Morris. Yo, I'm impressed by Dion's movie range. Like the fact that he threw out Shallow How, not too many people think about that movie. It's not like they play it all the time because it's 2023, everybody's so sensitive. And Shallow How's a little bit offensive. Like, I don't think that movie would be remade anytime soon. Right. Because again, we're just a little bit more sensitive, but I love that movie. I love oh, yeah. Black. That's underrated. Jason Alexander, like as the best friend, that's one of his best roles. That's not Seinfeld. Like that movie is a classic. But yeah, the fact I that I couldn't Dion believe out there. Yeah. I couldn't range. believe Dion dropped that shallow hell. I was like, oh, snap. Oh man. Yeah, Terry Cooper and stuff. Yeah, man. Well, let's uh let's let me let me get a, a mention in here for our, my man Tom McKay and audiovisual consultations. AV consultations, real simple. I mean, they they come to you free consultation. I mean, everything from the free consult free consultation to installation. It's so easy. All you got to do is call 255-8678. Tom and his crew bring everything to you from that free consultation to installation. You're busy. You got things to do, but it is football season. If you've been thinking about upgrading to a big screen TV, then don't go to the box store. Don't go looking for some deal because Tom's going to beat it. He's going to beat the price of the box store and then he's going to install it for you, whether it's surround sound the big screen TV, um, surveillance, electronic shades. He does it all. He's done it for the best restaurants in Austin. He's done it for me at three different houses. Um, it's real simple. You just call 255-8678 and let Tom and his crew bring everything to you. AVConsultations.com. Um, Zay, I know, uh, I know, this is a big week for Texas Tech too. Oregon coming into town, and something tells me Joey's going to have the the team right and ready. But good God, they better let Tyler Shuck throw the football when the game's on the line. They didn't let him. They didn't trust him to do that. That was ridiculous. Yeah, which is interesting. I mean, we know all the quarterback change that they had last year, and we thought. After seeing that Texas Bowl where they demolished Old Miss, Tyler Shuck would come in and be that guy. I mean, you're putting the ball in his hands literally. Like, you should have all faith in him, especially with all the crap that you've been talking, Joey McGuire, and saying that you have one of the best quarterback rooms in the country and one of the best defensive lines in the country. Well, Wyoming made y'all look very different than what you've been talking. And now you're facing an even better team in the Oregon Ducks coming into Lubbock. Like, 
Red Raiders don't want to go in 0 and 2. They don't want to start 0 and 2 because Big 12 starts in a few weeks. You know, week four, Texas plays Baylor. I don't know Texas Tech's schedule, but hey, they're already putting their foot in their own mouth. And yeah, like Tyler Shutt, let them rip it. Let them rip it. You know, that's how they. That's how they 17-0. Yeah, they went up 17-0. You gotta win that game, which that I don't think that's getting talked about enough. There's one thing to lose to Wyoming, it's another to be up by 17 points and lose that game. Like that's a damn shame. And things like that can't happen, but they did. And now a lot of people in Lubbock are like, what the hell? A season where you know they thought that they were gonna be able to get to Arlington. Now it's like, will they be 10th? 11th in the Big 12? Who knows? Now, I think this talent's just too good for them not to bounce back. But, yeah, man, that performance in Wyoming, that was a damn shame. And, yeah, they let it get away from them. That's for sure. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. But Texas fans who were watching that game, Andrew Peasley, he's coming to Austin. He's coming to Austin we talked to uh, Hank South, our recruiting guru at Horns 24-7. And Texas has this unbelievable list of recruits coming to visit for the Wyoming game. I mean, it could, you know, he said it it could include, you know, Bussy, the, the five-star running back, Ryan Wingo, the five-star receiver, uh, Terry Bussy, Ryan Wingo. And- I like Ryan Wingo. I like him a lot. Ooh, yeah. He's tough. He's tough. Yeah. And look, Texas is all in on Ryan Wingo. And I think that's part of the reason Micah Hudson has been, you know, listening to Texas Tech and Tech was in on him. I get all that. But this is this is going to be uh, an interesting week after the Alabama game, depending on what happens in the Alabama game. Because if Texas somehow wins that game, Zay, you got all these big time recruits coming in for the Wyoming game. Man, that suddenly becomes a huge weekend in terms of making sure those guys see the best side of Texas and have the best experience they can. I mean, I'm sure you went on recruiting visits with that 10 and 5 average. <laughs> For the Bowie Bulldogs, baby. Yo, man, with my 10 and 5 statistics, the recruitment visits I were going on, instead of getting like gourmet meals and stuff, I was getting canned beans and, you know, Frito pies and stuff like that. Nobody wanted me like that. But come on, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a big week. It's a big week for recruiting, you know. When you look at Texas over the years, especially the last few years, yes, they get five and four stars and these blue chip type players. But the problem is they haven't been able to develop them, which is why you haven't seen them get drafted or have great careers in the NFL. And weekends like this against a top tier team like Alabama, which I'm not buying into all the this, you know, Dick Saban's lost a stab. He ain't got his fastball. Huh. Bull corn. If he ain't got his fast up, I know he's got a mean changeup in there. You know, splitter, you know, knuckleball. Like, this dude has a bag. Like, we're talking about the GOAT. That's so disrespectful. I can't believe people are saying that. that's so disrespectful. And, again, we're just not used to seeing 
teams like Kirby Smart in Georgia be victorious these last few years like they have and beat Nick Saban in the process. But to say that he's lost his fastball, like their team, Alabama, those guys hear that. They know that. They know that all these guys, Bryce Young's gone. Jalen Merrill knows that Bryce Young's gone and what he brought to the program as a leader. That defense, you know, Dallas Turner and all those guys, they know Will Anderson's gone. So they're trying to make their own mark. And they feel like they're being slept on a lot. And I get it. So Texas, they got to be on their P's and Q's. And, you know, this is going to show recruits if you come to play and if you get a dub that, oh, Texas, they might be they might be back. I know Texas fans hate that word. Sam Ellinger made very famous after the Sugar Bowl. But that's how you take steps of getting back. And I'm still looking for 10 plus games this season, but when in Tuscaloosa on Saturday, that changes a lot for not only this program, but for all the college football. Yeah. 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 You look at, uh, I mean, I don't even want to play the what if game, but you imagine what people are going to be saying if Texas wins this game. Boy, I can't wait. I can't wait. And, you know, I'm not a superstitious person. Like, I can't stand that stuff. You know, just you make your own luck. That's kind of how I live. But when you knock out both quarterbacks the last two times you played them, both starting quarterbacks, Colt McCoy and obviously Quinn Ewers last year, that's going to be in the back of my mind. Like, just stay healthy. Just stay clean. Because talk about what if, what if Quinn Ewers was healthy last year? What if Colt McCoy was healthy in that national championship game? Like everybody talks about an 09, them losing was the turn for the wrong for Texas in that game. That's where stuff got real dark and you haven't been able to overcome since then. So yeah, man, just that Crimson Tide, those colors, that stadium, the advantage, knowing you're going to the SEC, knowing that everybody's against you and stuff. Like, hopefully the Texas players could block that out and the Texas coaches could block that out. And once the ball's kicked off, just focus on football and not all the other crap that goes into it. All right, so – K-State, and we're going to talk to Lance Taylor coming up at uh, 2.15. Lance Taylor, next round live, Lance'sLock.com, our SEC insider and prognosticator for uh, his take on Texas, Alabama, and for his picks. Uh, But K-State, last week they beat up on Southeast Missouri. No one was paying any attention. This week they get Troy – and Zay Troy won 12 games last year now. Um, and they got their quarterback back, Gunnar Watson. You got to love a, a guy named uh, Gunnar Watson. And last week, Troy, Troy's running back, Kamani Vidal, ran 25 times for 248 yards. Whew. So that dude is, uh, is pretty good. So I'm interested to see what K-State has because – um, you know, K-State is seen as the second best team in the Big 12 and their defense lost some dudes. Your favorite guy, Felix Anyuduke Uzoma and, um, you know, Julius Brents, the six foot three corner, he's gone. So 
I'm watching this Troy K State game this weekend because Troy's got some offensive punch. I want to see if K State can lock them down. Um, that's kind of an under the radar game this week. Yeah, definitely. And I know Kansas State fans, they were wondering, what are we going to do once that little Mighty Mouse leaves for the NFL, for the Dallas Cowboys and Deuce Vaughn and DJ Giddings, even though it was against Southeast Missouri State. See, one of those teams just like, kind of like, that reminds me like some Bishop Sycamore type stuff. I've never heard of that school in my life. (laughs) They just got paid a million to go get the ass whoop over there in Manhattan. But, yeah, DJ Giddings, man, had a very good outing. 15 carries, 128 yards, no touchdowns, but 8.5 yard per carry. And that's kind of, you know, you think about that defense too, all the guys they lost, all those NFL players you just named. You know, can Will Howard be that guy to still take Kansas State to the promised land? And, you know, um, Colin Klein and Chris Kleiman, both of those guys, they do a very good job. You know, top coaches in the Big 12, they're always going to have their team ready. So, yeah, it is an interesting game. I did not know Troy was that good. And those guys, they won't be scared coming in because, you know, they feel like they could beat anybody. So this will be a good early test for the Wildcats, and we'll see what they look like as the season moves on. Kamani Vidal. That's the that's the name to remember. Okay, and by the way, I don't think we mentioned this um, earlier in the week. Iowa State scored 30 points in their opener against Northern Iowa. Iowa State scored 30 points on offense. I mean, last year, Iowa State looked like they were stuck in the mud. Every time they were trying to get something going, and this Rocco Becht, who's taken over for uh, gambling Hunter Deckers. Oh, come on, Hunter. Oh. Come on, man. I mean, I'm just Did saying. Did you bet on this game, Hunter? Oh. At the crib? Come Rocco on, Beck. Man. He was 10 of 13 for 113 yards and two touchdowns against Northern Iowa, which typically plays tough defense. And, uh, and you know, their running game wasn't, wasn't very good, but, and I don't know that they have any receivers who are, I mean, they just, they kind of hit it big. They scored on some big play touchdowns and scored 30 points, which for Iowa state is a minor miracle because they had the worst offense in the big 12 last year. And, uh, and whoop, 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 they, they, they scored. I mean, they scored the first 30 points of the game. They had all the scrubs in by uh, by mid-third quarters, eh? Yeah, yeah, and they've lost a few guys. I mean, Matt Campbell, you know, he was one of the top coaches in the nation a couple of years ago, and it seemed like when Mr. Irrelevant went to the NFL and Brees Hall, too, like they had a huge decline last year, which Hunter Decker, he was worried about that parlay more than he was worried about <laughs> completing passes. So, like, how can you really judge last season? I mean, if you're Matt Campbell, like my quarterback was gambling. Clearly his head wasn't in it. So what do you want from me? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know why he stayed in Ames. Obviously, he loves it there. But, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Like, there's still an afterthought 
in the Big 12. I think that's a trap game for Texas down the line. What is it, the second-to-last game right before they play Thanksgiving week against Texas Tech? Like, I think that's a serious trap game just because, again, Matt Campbell, that guy can coach. But, yeah, man, they've just lost so much these last few years. And I know their whole mentality is three stars. We bring them in as three stars. They develop and look like five stars where they leave. Well, that's going to be hard to do. Like, it's going to be hard to continue to do that. And we'll see what they could do this season. I mean. They got Iowa. They got Iowa this week. They'd never beat Iowa until last year, it seemed. And I McNamara, the Michigan quarterback transfer. So that uh, that'll that'll tell us a little bit about Iowa State. Of course, Texas has to go to Ames in November. How is Ames, by the way? I've heard nothing but bad things. Well, in November, it's cold. I went there two years ago and it was it was late in the year. Um, it was cold. Oh, brutal. That game, the Bo uh, Davis game, you went to that? Bo Davis you were there? Game. I was oh. there. <laughs> that, was a, that was a crazy game. People forget Texas was leading that game 7-3 to three in the third quarter. And then they got run. Blown. Blown out. Seven. Blown Here. out. Oh. With those ugly-ass black jerseys that match nothing with the colors that they have. I'd never understand that. I've yeah. never gotten that. One of that the weirdest the things game. in sports. That was the monkey gate game. Right after the, uh, yeah, right after, it was right after Halloween. It was oh, uh, a year. That five and seven season was nuts. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah. Yeah, Texas went to West Virginia after that. They lost there. It was just a mess. Just a mess, but hey, that's that's where it kind of brings us back full circle here before uh, before Lance Taylor joins us. But that 2021 season, when they went to Arkansas and got ambushed, this is where we're going to see just how far Texas has come because you take that game in 2021. And you lay it down next to whatever happens Saturday at Alabama. We're going to find out how much Steve Sarkeesian has transformed this program. Because there are dudes on this roster who were on the sideline for that. That Arkansas game, guys like Jalen Ford, Jordan Whittington, you know, Jake Majors. And I was asking guys this week especially on defense, how, you know, how is this team better? And they all said, we're better as a team. Like we're closer, we're more connected and we got better players. So, and Tavondre Sweat has grown up folks. Tavondre Sweat is ready to throw some people around. He is grown man. (laughs) You know, dude said he had a C performance against Rice. If he has an A performance for his standard against Alabama, Texas wins by double digits. 
because oh, yeah. that, that means he's always in the backfield, three plus sacks. Like that's, you know, fumble recovery, force fumble, all the above. Like he's looking to do some damage. And that offensive line for Bama, they ain't small. Now they're inexperienced. They got a lot of guys making their first starts. I think they got a freshman starter that left tackle, a big time five star freshman starter that left tackle for them. So, hey, test him. You know, throw throw some serious stuff at him. You know, all types of stunts and just you know a different movement putting big packages out there. Sometimes you might want to go out for Collins, Byron Murphy, and Trevondre Sweat, depending on the situation, because they're going to test you. Alabama, Jalen Milrow, like, he's going to run it, you know, and he won't be able to do that, oh, football fumbling and out of the shotgun, take for a touchdown. Like, the athletes at Middle Tennessee and Texas are very different. So Jalen Milrow, I know he might be the best athlete on the field, but there's going to be a lot of guys that are damn close that are wearing all white. And yeah, that the secondary for the horns, like how are they going to get tested? Is Nick Saban confident enough with Jalen Milrow? You're still auditioning, buddy. Don't think that you got the role. Don't think that you got the part. Like the same, you know, Broadway where you got the part you do, you know, you do 30 shows that's in your contract. No, you could easily be replaced due to a black, uh, bad game. Oh boy, you know, from Notre Dame that just came in, all those guys, they can't wait to take your spot. So, and that, you know, he has to play big and the pressure's going to be on them. And a lot of Bama fans, they weren't impressed on Saturday against Middle Tennessee, even though they put up 42 points before Middle Tennessee ever scored. Like, Jalen Milrow got sacked a couple of times. There are a couple of things that we saw in the Texas game that also happened in the Alabama game where a lot of young guys just flat out miss assignments. So both of those teams are going to try to clean that up the best they can. And like I said early in our first hour of Chip and Zay, the defenses are going to be the ones that win it. But there's obviously the offense, whichever offense just makes a couple of plays. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a similar score that we saw last year, 20 and 19, where nobody gets over 25. I would not be surprised if that happened because on both sides, those defensive players, there's some dudes. And those guys are going to make plays, just which defense makes the more plays, I think it's going to get the dub. All right, Zay, before we bring on uh, Lance Taylor, why don't you tell our fine folks about the Covert Auto Group? That's right, Covert BK, shout out to them and what they do being a big-time sponsor, Bucky Gobble and BK will be there along with Trey Elling. Uh, they'll be doing their show from 12 to 1 at the Covert BK's Friday. Michael Griffin will be in attendance, the Bowie alum, Texas alum, known, in my opinion, for the greatest interception in Texas history. They'll be all over at Covert BK along with the pregame show on Saturday. You will be seeing, if you go, the beautiful 42 acres and the family that's been doing it for over 100 years in the greater Austin area. Saw Dan and the crew last week, just the greatest family, just vibe that you get over there. All the cars, just nice and beautiful and washed, just a 
beautiful line of cars that they have. Seven beautiful brands, Jeep, Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, Cadillac, GMC, and Buick. If you want to go look at the deals, go to Covert B Cave. Dot com, Not just Covert BK, even though that's the one we're always at. Covert's all over the greater Austin area from Huddo to Bastrop. I'll go to the one on research to get my oil change every once in a while. Covert BK. All right. Without further ado, I think he's in his car, folks. Oh, man. I think he's in his car. <laughs> Zay, I'm, not, I'm not in my whip today. Y'all say hey to my, uh, my driver, Maddie. Maddie. Hi, Maddie. I mean, is this like carpool karaoke that we're doing with Lance Taylor every week? Lance's lock.com. I, I promise you next week this will not happen. The last couple of weeks have been chaotic. Uh, our After the regular show, our podcast got all screwed up today, so I apologize to you guys. I really do. It will not happen again. No, listen, we're, uh, we're pumped that we've got our SEC insider and prognosticator uh, here with us on a different day. We threw a curveball to you because I'm traveling to see you and uh, the, the Crimson Tide. I'm traveling tomorrow. So we got you on a Wednesday. We appreciate it, my man. Um, OK, before we get to Texas, Alabama, what? And it was a wild and woolly week one, Lance. What like blew your doors off from week one? Well, I'm an idiot. I thought LSU was going to win a national championship. Look, look, they can steal. They lost to Florida State, and they looked worse last year, I thought. They seemed to tap out in the second half. Uh, they seemed a little sloppy. Um, Brian Kelly, I hate to say this because I'm a big Brian Kelly guy, he got out coached. Mike Norville had his number in the second half. I was really surprised. Not that they lost the game, but they lost the game going away in the fashion they did. I didn't think Jaden Daniels played well. If he continues to run like that, I don't think he's going to make it a full 12 games. I think we're going to see Grant Nussmeyer a lot sooner than later. That that stood out to me. Uh, a, a thing that I did feel good about, I thought A&M was going to be really improved with Bobby Petrino because of all their weapons. And I know it was New Mexico, but Connor Wegman looks like the real deal. And it looks like it's going to be Bobby Petrino's offense with a ton of weapons on the perimeter. So I thought A&M looked really good. I thought LSU looked really bad. And everybody else, kind of hard to gauge. Yeah, Lance, you know, it was a wild week one, and obviously the Colorado Buffaloes, they were the ones that stood out to everybody in the nation and what Dion's brought there. I mean, he talked about it. We just had to see it, and we saw it, but well, we continue to see it. They got a big game this week against Nebraska, Matt Rule coming back to the college game, and what they did against Minnesota, that was a tough game to watch, but can Colorado keep this going with Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter and crew? I, I didn't I didn't know what to expect in that game. You know, I thought TCU wasn't going to be as good, but I still thought they were going to be good. I thought that they would ultimately blow Colorado out because uh, I thought it would take a little bit of time, and I thought up front Colorado wasn't going to be good, and their offensive line actually held up. Uh, to answer your question, though, it's going to be interesting because two totally different games. You saw nothing but offense in TCU and Colorado. You saw nothing but defense in Nebraska and Minnesota. Nebraska can play defense. They can run the football. If Jeff Sims doesn't make stupid mistakes, I think Nebraska is going to beat Colorado. Now, I think Colorado is going to be a must-see each and every week because Shadour is that good. Travis Hunter, what he was able to do with 129 snaps in that heat is another different level kind of thing. 
I think he's got to be your Heisman leader, leader along with Sanders right now. So I think they're going to be a fun must-watch. I think it's going to be a really competitive game, but I think it's going to be a physical game. We'll see how Colorado is able to handle success. I think that's going to be a big key. In Colorado, outside of Colorado State, they got a brutal September. They got to go to Eugene and take on Oregon. Then they've got USC coming to Folsom Field on September 30th. So, you know, this has been a nice start for Dion. He's already exceeded expectations. And I think Colorado's already got their money's worth with the advertising for the university through Dion. But I don't know what's going to happen. I, but I feel like Nebraska wins this game Saturday. Wow. So you saw that Colorado defense too. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was like, Charles Kelly's doing a pretty damn good job with the defense that gave up 45 per game. And then at the end of the game, I was like, hell, it's the same defense. <laughs> um, I mean, what a what a crazy, crazy uh, week. Obviously, Texas Tech goes to Wyoming, gets up 17 nothing, And then they don't, you know, and Chuck's throwing it all over the place. And then they don't trust him to throw the ball. He's like running – Late in the game and in overtime, I don't, I don't know what the hell was going I, on there. I, I had Wyoming at Lancelot.com winning weekend, by the way, coming out of week one, fellas. Um, nice. And I had, I had Wyoming because, yeah, it's kind of a tricky place, altitude game. You're catching a little over two touchdowns. I felt pretty good about that. They get down 17 nothing. I'm like, hell, they're going to get run off the field. What blew me away was it seemed like not only the play calling, it was almost like, okay, we're just going to get ready for for Oregon we've already got this game wrapped up and it's like they got bored uh they stopped getting creative and maybe the altitude got to them but to lose that game I do fully expect for Texas Tech to bounce back I mean I am a big big Joey McGuire guy so I think they will bounce back and uh I think it's gonna be an interesting game Oregon obviously coming off laying 81 points on Portland State they ripped some dude's ear off I don't know if you guys heard about that Uh, oh that yeah did you guys hear that story? I mean, did it come completely off or was part of it off or what? I mean, the way the Portland State coach explained it was when the dude took his helmet off, his ear was in it. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. It's like uh, Mr. Blonde and uh, – or was it Mr. Brown and uh, Reservoir Dogs cutting the dude's ear off? <laughs> yeah. That's a badass Saturday. You get 81 laid on you and you lose your ear. And he got concussed. I mean, that uh, that is a tough way to start the college football season. Oh, shit. Lance, these guys wearing earrings and now and stuff, trying to be fly on the field. That would make you second guess doing stuff like that, man. No doubt. No doubt. I just uh, – that's that, that is next-level stuff right there. All right. So what do you what do you got in store for folks at Lance'sLock.com? Chip, we got winners for you. Uh, We had Duke on Monday night, and I didn't want to say this because it was a standalone game, so I couldn't get too much into it, giving a little commentary. But I told one of my uh, on-air partners, Ryan Brown, I was like, he said, so you really like Duke? And I said, I think Duke's going to win this game. I didn't think they were going 28-7. I thought Garrett Riley's offense would be better. I thought Klubnik would be a little sharper. Clemson does not have wide receivers. Looking at Florida State and what they've got with Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson to what Clemson now has at receiver – it's a complete flip-flop over the last four years. Uh, but we did have Duke. Again, we had a winning week. We're going to win for you. It starts tomorrow with the NFL. We'll have side and total or side or total tomorrow in Kansas City and Detroit. But we're going to win for you. Lanceslog.com, free winner every single day. We've got daily packages, weekly packages, monthly packages, annual packages. Jump on board. 57% last year in college, 58% in the NFL. And we've already 
one in week one. So jump on board, lanceslog.com. All right, let's uh, let's make sure we get to this Texas Alabama game, um, Lance, because um, it could be one of the biggest games for Texas in the last thirty years um, in terms of just getting where they need to be before they head to the SEC, keep their Big Twelve title hopes alive, and from a confidence standpoint, what do you see in this one? So last year, I didn't think Texas was ready to play with them. Texas should have won that game. Uh, you know, without Bryce Young, and I think we kind of talked about this a little bit last week, they don't win the game. Watching Jalen Milrow, though, he's got a ton of confidence. He's improved. It was Middle Tennessee State, but they did what they needed to do, winning by 49. He had five total touchdowns. Uh, I was told by somebody that's inside the program that he throws a really good deep ball. Watch out for that. We saw it a couple of times last week. You know, the thing Texas has got to prepare for is a guy that is really elusive and can run the football, not only run the football with athleticism, but he runs with power. So Texas has got to account for Jalen Milrow. On the other side, if Quinn Ewers is hot and he can play a full 60 minutes, obviously Texas has got the uh, got the advantage at quarterback, at least experience-wise, and definitely on the perimeter with the wide receivers. Alabama's got a ton of depth at running back. It's going to be hot as 10 hells, not that Texas is not used to that. But Alabama's going to throw four or five running backs at them. Alabama's defense is airtight. I don't know. Alabama's minus seven. I guess Alabama wins the game. Nothing in this game will surprise me. I wish I could give you more. I know this. Alabama is airtight when it comes to defense. Special teams, both punting and kicking with Burnup and, and Reichard. And then the offensive line is improved. It's more physical. They've got deep running backs. I still don't know against a talented squad like Texas how good Jalen Milrow is going to be and how good those receivers can be. Okay. So you don't – you don't. people are going to have to go to lanceslock.com to get the pick. Yeah, right now I don't even have a play on that game. Okay. But I'm, I'm still looking at it right now. That number is perfectly set at seven. Um, you know, what are we going to – you guys tell me. I was asked today, is there a drop-off from B. John Robinson? Well, hell yeah, there's a drop-off from B. John Robinson. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a reason he went number 10 overall to Atlanta – uh, but, I mean, how good are, you know, running back by committee, how good are those guys going to be? Yeah, I mean, I think we look at it and say we don't know. Um, the offensive line wasn't very good last week. They were soft. They gave up a, a sack where, you know, the left tackle turns a guy toward the left guard and the left guard was gone. So it was, it was like a, you know, comedy of errors. Um, Ewers is going to have to win this game. I mean, he's going to have to win this game. They're going to have to protect him enough to get the ball out. And kind of like what he was doing last year against Alabama, he's, you know, Sark's got to have the great game plan. Um, and and then this Texas defense is legit. So if they can, you know, force a turnover or two, then Texas will be in this game. I think the defense keeps them in this game, probably helps them cover the number, um, unless yours – turns it over and well and I think that's what it comes down to so you know there were rumors that Alabama didn't want to play Milrow this year because of ball security he turns football over played a clean game last week against Middle Tennessee State but you know they talk about those windows are big against Middle Tennessee State those windows are going to be really narrow against Texas and you know I'm not going to be surprised at all if Milrow turns it over a couple of times and that's the difference in the game yeah yeah that uh that should be fascinating. Now, are you where you're supposed to be in your carpool karaoke, or do we have? Uh, well, 
I, I, I'm where I shouldn't be because it looks like my credit card's inside of there. But that, <laughs> that was probably, that's the price I have to pay for getting a ride. And especially when I'm in deep conversation with you guys, I didn't know where the hell we were parking, but I saw her scamper off. Um, but I'm going to get to where I'm going here in a little bit. Okay. So what other games are jumping off to you um, this week, Lance? I mean, obviously from a local standpoint, Utah at Baylor. Baylor looked like it hadn't practiced all summer um, against Texas State last week. And Texas State looked good with 39 transfers, for God's yeah. sake. And yeah, you say Roadrunners, I was uh, – I was a little surprised that uh, Dana Holgerson and the the Cougs came out on top in that one, and Frank Harris played bad. Yeah, that was one of my losers, and and I I I've said this. I feel really confident Frank Harris will not throw three interceptions again in the game, and that was very uncharacteristic, like for a guy that's playing his seventh year of college football. So that was a disappointing loss at Lance'sLog.com. Um, I've told you guys I do like Nebraska. Um, I kind of like Troy in state here going on the road to Manhattan. It always seems like Kansas state. I remember years ago, I had one of the national championship. They lost an early game in Manhattan to Marshall. Um, last year they lost to Missouri, a little more forgivable, but Troy is a legitimate team and John Summerall's done a great job with them. Their defense is lights out. I could see K state maybe looking ahead a little bit, 15 and a half. I think is too many points here. And you know, the nightcap, Auburn going all the way to the West Coast. Hugh Freeze, he said it in the press conference yesterday, uh, not pleased with the fact they're going out to the West Coast. He said, if I would have been here, we wouldn't be playing this game. I don't understand it. We could have played somebody on the East Coast. Watching Cal against North Texas this past week, man, they're physical. Justin Wilcox is probably an underrated coach with bad talent, but they ran for 352 yards in that Texas heat. I think Auburn's going to have a little bit of a problem with that uh, that Cal running game led by Jaden Ott, who had 188 yards last year. So I like Cal plus the points. I like Troy plus the points. I like Nebraska plus the points. It seems like I was on all favorites last week. But those are three games that are jumping out right now. All right. I like it. What about like uh, Ole Miss Tulane? Oh, is that a tough game? Uh, you know, I thought Tulane was going to take a step back. South Alabama, another good in-state team, they got completely dominated. Michael Pratt can move the football. So I can see this be a track meet. The number's sitting around seven. Um, I'm a big Jackson Dart fan going back to his USC days. It looks like he played a complete game last week before uh, Spencer Sanders took over. You know, they did really good in the in the, uh, the transfer portal. They bring in Franklin, you know, the best receiver from UTSA. Trey Harris is, was outstanding last week. So Ole Miss is going to be able to score a lot of points. Um, I think Ole Miss will end up winning the game, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Tulane wins. Uh, talking to Lance Taylor, Lance's lock.com for the picks. Um, Lance, what about uh, my Detroit Lions against the Kansas City Chiefs Thursday night? I, I didn't know you were a Detroit fan. Well, I grew up, <laughs> was born in Henry Ford Hospital in downtown Detroit and grew up watching the Lions every weekend. Okay. Well, so, I'm sorry about that, Jeff. I know. Um, the Bobby Lane curse. Yeah, continued. our 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 uh, producer, Rockstar, is a big Lions fan. Uh, the only thing I – look, Dan Campbell, um, they were fun to watch. Defense sucked last year, but that offense really, really got good. Ben Johnson and Jared Goff are on the same page. Um, you get a break. Obviously, it looks like Travis Kelsey will not play. We know Chris Jones is not going to play. So, two of their three best players are going to be out. They've got 
inexperienced, unproven wide receivers. You do have Pat Holmes. I think it's going to be a tremendous game. I probably lean Kansas City, but I think Detroit's going to have a good year in a wide-open NFC North. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. Hey, hey um, Lance, going back to the Texas-Alabama game, which coach do you think is under more pressure? Because this whole Nick Saban's lost his fastball stuff, I ain't buying it. That dude still has a mean changeup, a mean splitter. That dude still has stuff in his bag. Let's not sleep on the GOAT. But Sark's obviously pressure for different reasons. Which coach is under more heat this week? Well, look, I agree with you on people saying that about Nick Saban in his twilight of his career and losing two regular season games. And if he loses this one at home out of conference, what are the chances he's going to navigate a perfect regular season in the SEC? So I see that narrative. But at the same time, he's built a lot of equity. Obviously, people consider him the greatest coach of all time. And on the other side, you know, again, if Sonny Dykes in year one can play for a national championship, year three for Sark, where you've got as much talent on the field, at least it looks like it on paper, as Alabama, you know, I think there's more for Sark going on the road and winning one of these games against a quality top 10 opponent to show that, hey, we're for real. We're going to win the Big 12 for the first time since 2009, and this team is college football playoff ready. Okay, so if Malachi Moore and Jalen Key don't play – what, what is the latest you're hearing on that, and what how big is their presence for this defense? Well, you know, there was a rumor that Jalen Key was going to get that tightrope procedure, that he had like a, a hairline fracture, and that's the same procedure that two had a few years ago. And, you know, it usually keeps you out three to four weeks, so he obviously wouldn't be playing in this game. Malachi Moore, the injury wasn't as serious, but there are reports both guys practiced yesterday. So I assume if those guys are practicing, both of those guys are going to be playing. I think more important for Alabama, it's going to be on the perimeter when you look at Terry and Arnold and you look at Kool-Aid McKinstry. Two lockdown corners, Kevin Steele, defense coordinator, will let those guys get on islands. So you'll get a lot of one-on-one. Xavier Worthy against Kool-Aid will be well worth the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's going to be something. And A.D. Mitchell on the other side. So um, you, you, like, you like Bama's corners. Oh, yeah. Bama's got legitimate corners. Again, that defense – Defense could be a top five, top ten defense again. Yeah. Okay. Lance, we appreciate it, my man. Um, oh. Lance's lock.com for the picks. Where where are you on this baseball season, by the way? So I was smoking until we got to middle of August, and I think maybe I put a little too much. I'll say this though, so August and September baseball are really difficult to handicap. And so I was one and two last night. I had the White Sox, they had a six-run lead, they lose seven to six. And then I had Padres easy winner last night, but I was one and two. Um, I do have one play up today. It's free play. I'm going back with the Padres against the Phillies. I think that game starts in an hour and a half. So baseball has been really good. We're up a lot of units in baseball this year. Uh, But this is that weird time where I honestly wish we could end the baseball season or push pause for a little bit because my focus is so much Thursday through Monday on the NFL and college football. And that's what I really enjoy. Yeah. 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 All right, go in and get your credit card, will you? I'm going right now. <laughs> hey, Jeff, I will see you Friday. Zay, I'll talk to you next week. You guys enjoy the games. All Thanks, right, Lance. there he is. Your man, you too. Lance Taylor. Lance'sLock.com for the picks. Uh, we got him a day early this week because I'm traveling to Alabama tomorrow. Um, yeah, I, I'm fascinated to see how Texas can hold up uh, or how Alabama's corners can hold up. Um if Quinn Ewers has time to throw, because to me, that's where they're going to have to make plays. They're going to have to make plays in one-on-one and they're going to have to 
make a big play or two uh, because you, you fight Alabama in the red zone. You're coming away with field goals and, you know, Texas is going to have to strike from between the twenties um, to, in my opinion, at least once. Otherwise they're going to be kicking field goals and we don't quite know what Alabama is going to be doing offensively. I do like Texas slowing them down. I mean, you know, I get it. And I brought it up that game against Arkansas in 2021 when KJ Jefferson ran, you know, 10 times for, you know, 73 yards and Arkansas ended up running for 333 yards. I don't, I don't see that happening. I mean, I, I see, uh, you got to hold Jalen Milrow to 50 yards or less, and you need to hold Alabama's run running attack under 200 yards for sure, closer to 150. Um, and you do that, I think. I think Texas wins the game. So we'll see if Texas Texas defense can, you know, put it together. I like, I like them. Yeah, yeah, and you heard Lance, like, those corners, man, they could really go starting with Kool-Aid McKinstry, which if you look at every mock draft in 2024, he'll probably be the first corner taken in that draft. So him and Xavier Worthy, yeah, that's going to be an absolute Tarantino, Scorsese-type movie on Saturday watching those dudes match up, which means Jordan Winnington, J.T. Sanders – like guys that will be working the slot and inside more, doing their damage more up the field in the middle of the field. Like, can y'all take advantage? Because Alabama last year covering the middle of the field, that was their weak spot. Now, you heard Lance, they always have top five, top ten defense. So weak spots, that's not much. It's kind of like facing an elite ace pitcher. Like, you better take advantage when it's in the strike zone. But – like attacking the middle of the field is going to be huge and lining guys up like Xavier Worthy and slot to where they can make plays on those crossing routes and stuff. And, you know, Sark, he loves all that stuff and he loves the motion and just getting these guys with their head on the swivel, making them make mistakes, which isn't very often for a Nick Saban defense. Can you exploit that at the right times? And, you know, I'm not really with everybody talking about, well, last year, Sark and this team, they struggled in the second half, and look what they did to Rice. They made the adjustments. Yeah, they did, but it was Rice. Like, what about in Big 12 play? What about against teams like Alabama when you're playing guys that are great coaches on the other side where making adjustments is a must? And, yes, that's promising, but that don't show me nothing. And if we just go off the coaching matchup, it ain't even close. We know Sark's potential. Sark's still at that potential point, you know, where he could draw up plays, but the execution ain't ain't what it is. Nick Saban, proven. <laughs> like, yeah. as proven as it gets. So, well, and that say, intimidation. That's the thing. If this thing comes down to a fourth quarter, and I got Steve Sarkeesian dialing up plays with all that offensive talent, and I got Tommy Reese over there, who's been a good play caller at Notre Dame where they're going to run two tight ends. They're going to run the football. My God, Steve Sarkeesian should get that check mark. And that's where I think a lot of Texas fans are still like, okay, but it's Steve Sarkeesian in the second half of the football game. Yeah. Can he, 
can he pull it all together? Is is Joe D. Camillus uh, giving him a clear mind in the second half of football games? It looked good in the third quarter, no doubt. Three three series, three touchdowns, ball game. Took took way too long uh, in Texas fans' minds for that to start happening, but it happened. But in the second half, if I got Steve Sarkeesian against Tommy Reese and Quinn Ewers with experience and Quinn Ewers went on the road, look, Texas's last two true road games, they won against K-State and they rolled Kansas. Now, that's, you know, the K-State game is legit and, and Texas turned the ball over in that game. I mean, Worthy turned it over. Roshan Johnson turned it over. It hurt Texas in the second half of that football game. That that game did not become close because of Quinn Ewers. Ewers played great in that game. He he found Worthy for two really, real, really nice touch touchdown passes to get up 31-10 in the first half. Um, and I don't know. For some stupid reason, I'm feeling like Texas is going to be amped, ready to go, that they know this is their moment and maybe they can get Jalen Milrow to play like a freshman or play like a first season starter at Alabama. Look, that home field advantage is great when you're winning, Zay, but it sucks when you're losing because it's quiet and you know it shouldn't be quiet and suddenly if bad stuff's happening the fans are like suddenly it takes on a whole different kind of pressure for a young a young player and we'll see maybe Jalen Milrose a total you know total war daddy total tip of the spear player but if you can if you can get that place quiet it could turn on some of those Bama players yeah and that coach who benched his starting quarterback in the national championship game yo Ty Simpson, Tyler Buckner, that helmet's going to be real close. Real hey, you close. Yeah. When do you ties get over here? <laughs> Ty, Ty Buckner, yeah. get over here. Because, uh, yeah. I mean, and that's what like you want. The past, yeah, and in the past, they've had so many weapons to where, like, normally you don't have to go out and do too much as a quarterback. You know, like how many times did Bryce Young, Mac Jones, and Tua throw 10-yard passes, and then those 10 yards ended up being 50-yard gains, 70-yard touchdowns? Like, if you limit the big plays, you know, like Dave Bender, the one that sticks out against Rice, he got messed up on that crossing right? Like, oh, where am I do? He got beat. Like, those things can't happen. You know, last year with Chase McCullen, that 81-yard touchdown, absolutely brutal. Keandre Miller, that touchdown that he had in the TCU game. Like, other than those two really big plays, there weren't very much last year. But those two plays changed the game in those respected games. So, limited those, man. It's going to be huge. And Sark's going to be attacking the Ethan Burks of the world, the Dave Benders, like I just mentioned, the Malik Muhammad's, all those guys that aren't necessarily proven yet because Nick Saban's, he ain't no dummy. He sees Trevondre Sweat. He sees Byron Murphy. He sees what those guys could do. Alfred Collins, where he's feeling good and confident. Like, this interior defense, it's going to be tough. Like, Jace, Jace McCullen, you know, he ain't no Derrick Henry. 
he's a good back, but he ain't that big bruising back that, you know, he could get stuff real easily trying to run in between the A and B gaps like that. So getting Jalen Milrow and those really good fast running backs, Roland Williams and Chase McCullough, getting them on the outside, that could hurt Texas. So hopefully Pete Krakowski and this defense coming in this week, they know that and they're going to be focused in on what Alabama's going to try to do to exploit them. All right, Zay, have you seen this? Have you seen this uh, Goldman Sachs commercial with Burt Auburn and Alabama's kicker, Will Reichard? No, I haven't seen it. Okay, so we got we to gotta track this down. Thanks, Daryl, for, uh, for pointing that out. It sounds like that is priceless. Um, we'll, we'll get on that uh, because, look, Burt Auburn, baby. Hey, it could come down to Burt Auburn. I mean, these are He's two ready, of the kickers, you know. I mean, Auburn's pretty good, 81.8% from 40 to 49 yards. Um, Reichert obviously kicked the game winner last year for Alabama, and we know he, he'll he'll show up. So good for them banking some Goldman Sachs NIL money. Yeah, I Bert Auburn, man. Again, I call him the sober carrot top for a reason. With that hair, he could make some money. You could tell he's a character. I like his personality. And yeah, man, they don't talk about you much. But if you make the kicks, then you could get that Cameron Dicker, Justin Tucker love around here. All right, Zay, before we get to Zay's take, let me uh, let me talk to you about Dr. Greg Eckert. I mean, he is Austin's dentist been providing patients with the best dental care you can find, uh, general dentistry, advanced dentistry, cosmetic dentistry, um, sports dentistry. And uh, he does it all. And they want to give you the smile that is worth smiling about. So all you have to do is call 512-345-3166 or go, go to uh, Dr. Eckert.com and it's U-E-C-K-E-R-T. Uh, dot com and um, Dr. Yu's also doing amazing things with the Brain Vault mouth guard. Patented shows um, been proven to reduce the risk of concussion. So if you're a coach, a, a parent, a grandparent who wants to make sure that uh, their player has uh, the best mouth guard possible, protect them against concussions. Uh, go to brainvault.com and schedule a fitting. Um, all right, Zay. You got a Zay's take for me, player? Yeah, let me take myself off mute so you folks can hear me. So, uh, NFL getting cracking tomorrow. Before we get to the official take, since I won't see you tomorrow, which Trey Allen, I think he'll be joining in tomorrow doing the double header from Trey and BK. But who do you have in this Chiefs Lions game? Try to throw your homer cap away. I get it. Lions fan your whole life. Watching it with pops. It's nostalgic. I understand. But try to put the hat away. You heard Lance giving us game. They won't have two out of the three of their best players. And Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey. Who do you like tomorrow night in the NFL season opener? Oh, Kansas City's going to win. I mean, there's, there's, no, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. Um, That's it. See. Oh yeah. Do we know like, what the line did you not is? Hear me? Did, did you not hear me say they're missing two out oh, of oh, yeah. the players? Oh yeah, okay. I heard all that. 
Okay, just making sure. Just making sure. You were you were not on mute at that point. Okay, um, so just making sure. Yeah. So let's see. Okay, the line is five and a half. Oh yeah, I jump think, on that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think the. I think the Chiefs. Um, I think the Lions cover the five and a half. Okay. Uh, but I think the Chiefs win it by a field goal, and. Um. Yeah, Chiefs at home, Arrowhead. It's a little early for the Lions to, you know, go from the Motor City Kitties and start roaring. Last year they waited till midseason before they started tearing it up. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna watch it though, and I'll be, I'll be hoping. Yeah, it's hard to go against number 15 for Kansas City. That dude is the best in the league. And what he did last year in the Super Bowl, I mean, just on a bum ankle, ridiculous, like storybook type stuff. And it's just hard to go against him. You know, I know Dan Campbell, he's done a hell of a job since he's been there. And they've done a decent job of getting guys in free agency. And, you know, Jameer Gibbs, let's see if that's a good pick or a bad pick. We know the value of running backs. Getting Jameer Gibbs as a pick, not so good. But if he could go out and make a maybe offensive rookie of the year type performance this season, then, hey, people are going to be looking at Dan Campbell and that whole front office as geniuses. So, I, I'm going to go with Detroit. Now, my mind could change tomorrow. It's a long time from here and now. Money line or, or against the – The duh. I think I – think, uh, uh, whole nine, man. I think – Let's the, go. The Lions, yeah, man. I think they're going to go in confident. And Patrick Mahomes, you know, Kadarius Tony's there. And he also had a big Super Bowl. But – yeah, just Travis Kelsey, that's a huge loss. And Chris Jones, like, besides him, you can't name too many other folks on that defense. So, I, you know, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I'm going to go with the Lions tomorrow. And it's going to be a great first game to start off NFL week one. Are you just messing with me? A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. You know, but I do believe in the Lions this year. I mean, you heard Lance. It is a wide open NFC North. And, you know, do you believe in the Bears? I don't yeah. know. Not really. Do you believe in Vikings? Kirk Cousins? Um, can you believe in Jordan Love? Um, so it's the Lions to lose in a way. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah and oh. and uh, Chris Bennett, Keandre Coburn made this. That's Chiefs. right. Made the Chiefs roster. Might so, see him on the field. Might Snacks going to get some reps. No, no, Chris, no Chris Jones. Snacks going to get some reps. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's another reason to watch that game. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, you know, maybe it was because Jameer Gibbs did nothing for Alabama against Texas last year that I was like, man, I. I mean, the Lions could have drafted Jalen Carter. Yeah. The next in Dominican Sue, who also played for the Lions. Um, but yeah, I was all about Jalen Carter, and they took Jameer Gibbs. So here we yeah, are. Yeah, you probably don't want to hear this, but they're picking Jalen Carter to be defensive rookie of the year if you go look at Vegas. So he's a monster. I mean, he is, was, man. That was a no brainer. 
we were talking about G.J. Kinney taking chances on on dudes that might have been, you know, places they shouldn't have been. Well, well, wasn't the, like, we're in Detroit, Motor City of the World, Jalen Carter, Cars. Cars. If you look at it that way, it doesn't match. That's a little dangerous. (laughs) But, But, yeah, like second chances, right? But, yeah, but if my man Dan Campbell – is the coach that we all think he is, then he he takes a guy like Jalen Carter under his wing and says, dude, now you do that, you're really going to cost yourself money. You kind of cost yourself yeah. a few million by slipping, but we'll, we'll bring you in good culture. Uh, maybe you get them, you know, going in the right direction. But, you know, kind of like, remember the honey badger, Teron Matthew? Couldn't, yeah. Couldn't yeah. stop smoking the Delta Eight or whatever. The and Delta Eight? No. I mean, I'm like, isn't that legal? Like, leave him alone. I thought he like, was just smoking the Chronic. Well, it was Delta yeah. Eight, really? Yeah. Now, now it's like, um, well, they said it was. <laughs> they said it was synthetic weed. So I was like, okay, Delta Eight. But um, yeah, he's, you know, he is. He's been great ever since he got in the yeah. league. You know what I mean? And they don't even test for weed anymore. So that's like, that was probably a bad example. I mean, if you look, everybody in the NFL knew that if you didn't, you knew they were going to test you during training camp and then they were never going to test you during the regular season. So usually you got a heads up when that test was coming in training camp. And then everybody goes back to smoking weed at, yeah. you know, all through the season. Um, so now they don't even test for it, but crazy. If Jalen Carter can uh, uh, be the player that we all think he's going to be, then good God, he's with the Eagles. The Lions could have done the Cowboys a favor. And yeah, <laughs> Nick Sariani said training camp was hard on the offense because Jalen Carter was causing so much havoc. And obviously you got Fletcher Cox there and Brandon Graham, even though those guys are aging, you know, the Philadelphia Bulldogs, as they call them, of all the Georgia guys that they drafted, which makes sense. Those guys win national championships back to back. So why wouldn't you draft them? But yeah, I, the Eagles, it's going to be tough for them to get back to the Super Bowl. I don't know when the last time the loser in the Super Bowl has made it back. It's been some very, very long years. Maybe a Bill Belichick team might have done it, but it's hard. And they have a first-place schedule, and Jalen Hurts, can he do it again? You know, people are picking him to win MVP, and can he have a repeat-type season? I don't know. I'm picking the Cowboys to win that division. But, yeah, yeah, I'm picking the Cowboys to win it, man. I thought – Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore were huge gets, and I don't think Dak's going to have that turnover problem that he had last year. And, you know, the second-place schedule is a lot easier than the first-place schedule, so why not? But, yeah, Jalen Hurts, he's the one that makes them go, and I don't care if he lifts 700 or squats 700, whatever. Those dudes, you got a bullseye on your back now, and they coming for you. You know why I'm picking the Eagles to win the NFC East? Because mm. of Jalen Carter. Yeah. Because that defense looks like it, they're going to make life miserable on you. And I don't trust the Cowboys running game. And that means pressure on Dak Prescott. 
Uh, I just well, they got two of their coaches, their offensive corner and defensive corner left. So what's the adjustment going to be like on both sides? You know, we got old coach and Arizona who's crazy as hell. You see that clip rolling around. I want effing killers, effing killers. Uh, you know, I was like, all right, coach. Well, hey, we're trying to tank here. So what, what you want doesn't line up with what we're trying to do. Don't go love you slip. I want killers. I get it. Of our own yeah. regular season. <laughs> Yeah, just obliterate our own season. And uh, the other one's in uh, Indianapolis. So how much of a, an adjustment is that going to be for the offense? And where is it going to hurt? You know, that's just it's just natural to see a drop off there. But are those guys good for the Eagles? To, yeah, for the Eagles. Yeah, but they've added Dalvin Cook. They've they've got. No, that, the Jets added Dalvin oh, Cook. Oh, sorry. My bad. My bad. They've got they've got. uh they added your boy uh, from uh, Detroit. I came yeah, from Detroit. Uh, Swift. Swift. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and we'll see. We'll see if he's he's got anything. I mean, I uh, I just AJ Brown. I just yeah. Oh, and that so Eagles good. defensive line. You know when the Cowboys were dominant way back before you were born, Zay, in the early nineties. They were dominant on the uh, defensive line. I mean, I was born. I was buried alive. Okay, well, barely. <laughs> barely. They, yeah, yeah. I mean, they had dudes, man. Leon Lett and Chad Hennings and Tony Casillas, and I mean, it was just one dude after another who was going to make your life miserable. And then they brought in Charles Haley, you know, Tony Tolbert. It was ridiculous what they were doing up front. And the Eagles are starting to remind me of that. They're starting to remind me of the Eagles back when they had Jerome Brown and Reggie White. And my man Britt Hager was playing for them in the late 80s. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm blinded by that defensive line. Yeah, Son Reddick is an absolute problem too. I mean, over 70 sacks last year. And they you're right, they just got better with Jalen Carter. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see, man. That's a lot of change and a lot of turnover. And that usually happens when you go to the Super Bowl. Guys find better jobs and head coaching jobs and stuff. But the Eagles, they'll still be good. All right, Chip, before we have Bucky Gabo and Jeff Howe come on after us for two hours on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Did you hear this Chandler Jones story, edge rusher for the Raiders, who has oh, yeah, over 100 sacks? This fool went on Instagram and bashed the GM, just completely bashed them, um, Dave Ziegler, and bashed the head coach, Josh McDaniels. And he said – on Instagram and Instagram stories, I know I have to, you know, lay it out for you because you might be a little confused with your age and stuff. But it's a shame that I am a top athlete with 112 sacks in the NFL, and I have to go to a local gym to work out during the season for no apparent reason. This is wild to me, Josh, and you know it. you need to do what's right. And he also said, I don't want to play for the Raiders if McDaniels and Ziegler, the GM, were still in control, which they are, and he is not at the facilities today. Wow. 
I, I'm I'm the biggest doubter of Josh McDaniels there is. Um, he's part of the fool's gold Belichick tree that every one of those fools walks out thinking they can act just like Bill Belichick and command a grown man locker room full of millionaires. And it always backfires. Can't believe Josh, <laughs> can't believe Josh McDaniel got another chance in the same division. Like Come the Raiders on, had, Davis. A, they had a close up view of Josh McDaniel torching the Broncos. And they're like, yeah, yeah, let's get Josh McDaniels to coach the Raiders. Yeah. Al rolling over in his grave right now. I mean, that is, uh, that that's Mark Davis. Yeah. Mark Davis. Never trust a man with a bull haircut at 70 years old, Zay. I think he got a cut. I, I think he got a different hairstyle. It might be the bull and the mullet, but I've sworn I've seen him recently. Yeah, but we saw, crazy. we saw it. We saw it. He had it for way too long and being way too old. Mark Davis. You kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, um, dude. All right. Well, listen, let's hand it off to my man, uh, Bucky Godbolt, with my other man, Jeff Howe, Horns 24 7. You're talking about uh, Mark Davis, like Chili Bowl haircuts or what? Yeah, Chili Bowl. Like, never trust a man <laughs> who's getting a Chili Bowl haircut at age 60 or 70 years old. Zay's line, Zay CC used to give him that same damn haircut <laughs> with a big bowl of soup on the top of his head and just buzzing all around him. No. Zay had that bowl cut before. No, hell Zay, no, Zay, man. Zay, you know how it was. You get that summer cut, right? CC probably just got the clippers out and just, just buzzed. Just started, it. just started going. Yeah. yeah, man, those homemade cuts. I'm so glad I can make enough money to where I don't have to do that anymore. By the way, Bucky, can you stop calling me during my show, please? Like, <laughs> I'm working. No, I'm working. Technology. Yeah, just like, come on, man. Yeah, that iPhone 4 ain't working, but yeah, see you all tomorrow. <laughs> was it an intentional <laughs> dial, Zay, or a butt dial? Oh, it was intentional. It kept okay. rolling. All right. I was all right when's this dude gonna hang up it just kept rolling and yeah i get it i get it's doing a lot of things at once there you go appreciate you fellas y'all have a good show all right buddy we see y'all tomorrow eh? all right see y'all get them fellas see chip i I needed to thank chip chip the chip was still there for a second need to thank chip for getting his uh staff predictions and his roundtable topic in on time so everybody congratulations